0: Let's grow big together and all the fabulous podcasts made by Feast of Fun are made possible because of legendary listeners just like you.
1: For an ad-free experience, access our full catalog of over 3,000 shows on our website, FeastofFun.com slash plus, or follow us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash fun.
0: Need help with your bodybuilding? Hire me to consult with you to get to the next level. Message me, Fausto Fernos, directly on Instagram, and for 99 bucks, I'll talk to you one-on-one on on the phone and answer every question, every single question your heart desires.
1: Almost a third of American gym goers will use performance-enhancing substances at some point in their lives. There's always a risk to consider when supplementing to get big muscles and many doctors just don't have the training or knowledge to help prevent serious complications. So what do you do?
0: Let's grow big together. It's the podcast that squeezes the juice to the last drop. I'm Fausto Fernos,
1: And I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, adventures in bodybuilding, muscle gods, muscle worship, and practical advice to put on the gains.
0: Today, bodybuilding coach Tyler Fluitt joins us to look at harm reduction for anabolic steroids and performance-enhancing drugs. Tyler specializes in training natural athletes to compete in bodybuilding, as well as helping enhanced athletes compete in safer ways. Tyler is a popular bodybuilding coach in Nashville, Tennessee, and now is training for his 19th competition.
1: Plus, new DEA rules could make it harder for everyone to get telemedicine for testosterone replacement therapy. You there?
0: Hi, is this Tyler Fluitt?
1: Yeah, what's up? This is Foster, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: Mark up, from man? Let's Grow Big Together.
0: Hi, you What's are up, on the show. You sound <laughs> great, Tyler. I'm live, huh? You are live. Well, well it's pre-recorded, but yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> Somebody who is alive will at one point in time listen to you.
2: <laughs> cool, man. Thanks Thanks for having me on, man. This is uh, These are always a lot of fun, and I appreciate you guys reaching out. Thank well,
0: you. you know, we started doing this podcast because it was really something our audience was asking us to do, is to talk sure. about building muscle and the the lives of bodybuilder, not just in what they do, you know, in the art and sport and science of building muscle, but also their lives outside of the gym. Sure. Yeah. And I'm curious that, you know, you're a really great coach. I got to say, like, I have friends who train with you and you're, you know, really provided so many people the information, the inspiration, the knowledge, and the wisdom to transforming their, their bodies and their lives.
2: Yeah, well that's the goal and I appreciate you recognizing that and uh affirming I'm I'm doing the right thing. You know, I'm I'm really um extremely grateful for you know what I get to do and you know just being able to work in something I'm passionate about that really moves the needle for a lot of people is is incredibly um it's incredibly powerful. It's very um it's very rewarding, man.
0: Well, you're, you're either really good at it, or you're good at faking it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess both of them work. So,
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing about it, is right? It's like sometimes you know people go into the gym, they start a a new fitness program, and they're just you know going through the motions because they they know there's something wrong. They want to change their bodies. They're 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 see you know I want to look like the girls or the men in the ba- magazines, and I'm like it's mm-hmm. okay not to look like the girls or the guys in the magazines, but fortunately I do. (laughs) And and, and they don't, you know, know what to do and they get frustrated and they quit. You know, we don't have our educational systems, our doctors, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people just don't know what to do. A lot of this is anecdotal, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. But there's so many people out there and there's so many good resources and, and there's so many, amazing advocates for both the sport and just physique enhancement in general that are are creating the dialogue and, and pushing this forward for a lot of people. And you know this is something that's become extremely popular and, and you know thank Instagram and just being generally more of an image driven world, um, which I think is okay. Um, but there's there's plenty of people out there doing doing good work and, and they're doing it in a way that's responsible and uh, you know i want to be on that side i want to be you know part of the guys spear guys and girls kind of spearheading heading a little bit of f- reform in mm-hmm. this industry that's my main goal because you know you guys are bodybuilders you you know how dark this kind of, this stuff can get and you know how unhealthy it can get so my my goal is just to to encourage a, a healthy mindset around it and and push for more healthy um ways to look good right if you're healthy you're going to look good and vice versa
0: well so. it's it's a lot easier to build muscle when your body is working and healthy as mm-hmm. opposed to when you're like you know, <laughs> you know? right <laughs> I, I i know some people who are bodybuilders and in the middle of their workout, they go outside of the gym to smoke a pack of cigarettes, <laughs> and they look great. I, but those I did that. Lungs... Ba- I did that
1: back in the day. Yeah. I'd be like, as soon as I got out, I'm like, have a cigarette before I get into the gym, and have one afterwards. But uh, <laughs> definitely killed my gains for sure.
2: That's like a that's the ultimate pre workout. Just just rip a cig before. <laughs> before
0: the gym. Well, the young people today they use those uh, what Vapes. is it? vapors? Yeah, mm-hmm. the jewels yeah. and the vanilla and cherry and. You know, pumpkin spice and shit like that.
2: Yeah, it's just it's like a potpourri. Anytime you're around them, you don't know what you're going to get. It may be like a, you know, a, an orange sherbet, or you know, it may <laughs> now, be a I'll, fall scent. You know, I was Carrello. reading
0: in uh, bodybuilding forums, and you know, when people want to build muscle, they're willing to do. Anything it sure. takes, you know, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that mindset, <laughs> that relentlessness. You know, I was reading sure. about bodybuilders in, uh, I think it was in, in Iran mm. who were using as a pre-workout smoking meth.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of people that take a little hit from the pipe and, or do a little snort because they're like, this is really going to get me jacked and maybe burn off a little fat.
0: And I know one guy, he had the look Tyler on his face. He looked like he was going to kill somebody (laughs) and he was on something that he shouldn't have been on. And he looked like he was about to pass out, but you know what? He was cutting and doing an hour and a half of a steady, you know, walking cardio at the gym Uh at around midnight. And I was just like, man, this guy, you know, he may be dropped dead, but he's going to leave a beautiful corpse.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he'll he'll be jacked and, and tan on the way down for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's tanning before he's doing cardio, <laughs> and he's you know all in, in all to get ready for a contest. And you know right. the art of bodybuilding or the the sport of bodybuilding in a contest really is sort of building as much mass as you can, and then you know mm-hmm. three months would you say five months beforehand, uh, starting to strip away the fat, and that process can lead to you know unexpected consequences and definitely putting pressure on your body not to be healthy, you
2: know? Right. Yeah. There's always healthy aspects of bodybuilding, you know, lifting weights. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I I firmly believe it's one of the healthiest thing you can do. Um, But uh, with anything, it it can get excessive. So, and and it's easy for it to get excessive. And I think you have to have a, um, I think health needs to be your priority. Right. And, and I've been known in bodybuilding competitions or preparations to push things a little outside of my comfort zone as far as health goes, but you know when you get to that level, it, it does get a little bit murky, and you do have to kind of, you know, separate yourself from being optimally healthy. And, and even in the off season, man, it's it's just you know I, I'm not a real big guy. You know, I was a, a little a little guy growing up, but you know, me having to push to 240 pounds is is you know I just felt. You know, I felt awful, but there's a lot of aspects about bulking too that just it, it really puts a lot of strain on your body. So, but may, may you ask know, how tall it,
1: you are, so people can kind of visualize like what 240 pounds might be. Well, I'm
2: I'm, I'm about five ten, five eleven. So, 240 is um, not you know, I'm not a mass monster by any means, but uh, for my bone structure, that's that's pushing some weight. So, mm. um, but that's yeah, the uh,
0: chunky life. Chunk, yeah. Chunk life. Uh, Did you, Um, I mean, you know, did you get hit on more often or do people not care? Did you feel sexier uh, about yourself at 240?
2: No, no. I felt, uh, I I just felt like I took up space. It it wasn't like, you know, it's, and, and, you know, what I've noticed is, is women really like, they kind of like a little bit softer, you know, kind of more approachable strong look, generally speaking. Um, And I think when you get like competition lean, you kind of just look scary and unapproachable and weird (laughs) to women. (laughs) But uh, luckily I'm married, so I don't have to, you know, I can kind of look how I want and my wife's going to be totally okay with it. She's supportive, Um, which doesn't give me an excuse to get fat. But um, I, I got to keep that.
0: <laughs> but is your keep wife that. like secretly like you, thick and curvy, and she's like, have some ice cream, Tyler? I made cake.
2: <laughs> no, she uh, she has not tried to sabotage me. Thank thank goodness. But uh, well,
0: it's not about sabotaging. I mean, you look great. I I've seen some of your pictures, and that's what part of the reason I started following you is because you're a good looking you. guy. I appreciate and, it. and you had that you know that chonky build that a lot of gay guys are just like drooling over. You know and. <laughs> And there is yeah. a element on Instagram that, you know, and certainly we, w- Mark and I rely on this and to get people interested in the show, too, is is just posting a photo of you that's sexually appealing in order to sort of get people interested in the more challenging things about let's talk about nutrition and <laughs> you know, responsibility uh, and compliance. Yeah.
2: The the bait and switch. Yeah. Pull back, <laughs> grab the attention and then. <laughs> Hit them with some some knowledge. Hit them with the boring stuff. <laughs> so I mean, your and, goal and is
0: to have one million people be empowered through the course of your lifetime. And I imagine that a lot of the clients that come to you, they're sometimes they're like, "Oh, Tyler, this is so much work." Mm-hmm. What do you say mm-hmm. to them?
2: Well, yeah. uh, I work with with anyone, and, yeah. and what we do is we take these bodybuilding concepts and we we apply them to. The individual, the context, and the goal, right? So I understand that everyone's not going to come to me ready to eat chicken six times a day until, you know, the wheels fall off. I understand that. So my goal is just to get them from point A to point B and to find a way to do it using these concepts that fits their life. So with that, you know, I've, I've studied a whole lot about the X's and O's and the science. But over the last couple of years, I've really, focused a lot on being a better coach and finding what motivates people, finding how to move people in the right direction and and lead them. Right. And that's a way bigger challenge because personalities, um, discipline, the things that people want are, are, all different and on a spectrum. So you have to find what really pushes that person forward. Um, for example, one being, you know, how, how do you, how do you push people? How do you motivate them? Right. And, and there's, those clients that, you know, I have a, a client that's become a pretty good friend and he gets motivated when I like pick on him. Like when
0: I'm
2: if I tell him he looks small, like I will get the best check in the next week. Like he feeds off of that. He loves it. And he, he thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> so but I can't, you know, I, I I can't have one of my female clients and and I tell them, hey, you look a little fat this week. Let's
1: let's see if we can clean up. <laughs> it. it just it doesn't work. Yeah, right? that's so, not gonna go. Away. No, that won't You're, will you're gonna well.
0: lose that girl. Well, some people so, have a
1: humiliation fetish. You know, they <laughs> they want to be talked down to or. You know, I mean, peed on or whatever
0: <laughs> well you gotta find people's love language yeah. and sometimes that love language is abuse
1: well and like we were at the arnold expo and we were talking to some guys who had like this this uh program they were like you know and even like 23 and Me does some kind of like genetic uh test to see how your body might respond uh, to s- certain types of stimulus like one mm-hmm. person was saying like you're genetically predisposed to like you uh, you need somebody riding on your ass all the time to get you to the gym. Right. You need to uh, work towards a goal. You have to be in a competition. Like that's what your mm-hmm. your your kind of thing is. So that's the kind of thing that you're going for as well. <clears throat>
2: yeah, yeah, and everyone's different. And um, you know, the level of patience that you apply to certain people is different too. And certain people need more patience, encouragement, and certain people need you to bust their balls mm-hmm. every week right? So that's my goal. And, and if I find that one thing is not working, I have to, you know, continue pulling out tools and, and figuring out what's going to move the needle and practicing that over time and, and getting better at that, you know, I've man, my results just, just across the board. And, and I mean this with humility, like across the board, everyone makes progress. And, and I think that's what separates high level coaches from from normal coaches and mm-hmm. and everybody's wondering you know what is this coach doing that I'm not what you know what 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 drugs what cardio what what food and i hate to say it everyone's eating chicken and rice like everyone's doing <laughs> mostly the same stuff the difference is those high level coaches they know what makes people tick they know how to get more out of that person mm. so that's what I've really been focusing on, and man, like my people make me look good. I'm I'm just so proud of them, and yeah, man, it's it's just they, they represent us so well, and they're excited about their results and 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 what we do, and and they, you know, just really have a lot of buy-in, and you have to have buy-in if you want to go the distance.
1: Well, I was looking so. at your Instagram, and you had one client. I don't want to get too pers- like give away too much personal <laughs> information about anybody. But this was a guy who was like 65 years old. Mm-hmm. He looked like heavy set. And then mm-hmm. it looked like you had a really great body transformation. It looked like he lost a cut a lot of um, fatty tissue and mm-hmm. uh, built up some muscle. How do you? How do you? How do? How, can you kind of talk generally about what you did for that type of client?
2: Yeah. So um, that that was my latest post. And so this guy, he started this journey about three years ago. He, you know, went to the doctor, and he's he's in the medical field, and went to the doctor, and and they had that hard talk about. Hey listen, you're you're coming up on you you know mid 60s. You know, here's your health markers, everything's not, you know, things aren't going super well. You need to concentrate on this. And um April 1st in 2020, you know, started walking, started slow, didn't didn't overdo it, started with what he could handle and just kind of scaled up over time. So we met about 7 months ago and he had already lost a good amount of weight and and he basically came to us want to, to go to the next level. Right. So I was, you know, really honored that he came to us and, um, um, he decided to do a bodybuilding competition. That's I think 65, which wow. is like,
1: is that like double masters? I mean, cause, <laughs> like, cause masters <laughs> is f- over 50, right? Yeah. I don't know. Four over 40, over 40. Yeah. And then, so they, they uh, so have a, okay.
2: Yeah. They, they, I think 35 and then there's a 45 and 55 class. I want to say there's 65 too. Mm. Um, and yeah, and different
0: be, division, like different contests have different categories, like the NPC sure. that I'm doing this year is my first contest and the division is over the age of 50. Okay. But like okay, the other, other contests and, you know, have 50, 55, 45 and so on.
2: Yeah. So first show at 50. Congrats. That's awesome.
0: I know I'm, I'm so like, I'm going to make a, they're all going to laugh at me. Like Carrie, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to scream, plug it up, plug it up.
2: Well, it something, something yeah. tells me you, you, you're used to being in the spotlight. I'm sure you're going to be fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I, I like impossible and, and ridiculous goals and, and, <laughs> and this is about as impossible as ridiculous as it gets. And you really, it's not about, you know, and I tell this, I, I learned this as a young kid studying music the goal of studying music or learning is not to make you a professional at that field, but to enrich your life so you can sure. be the best you can be at the field that you do go in.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Yeah.
0: And so with uh, Brian, who is 64, he's 64 years old. And I mean, he looks fine how,
1: how do you do in the contest?
2: So he's competing yeah. in St. Petersburg in October. So we got some time okay. and, you know, he dropped some weight. We're building him up. And, um, we're going to cut him. I think, I think he's got about four or eight, four to six weeks, something like that. And we're going to start to cut for a show. Uh, I think we're doing a 20 week prep and, um, yeah, I'm excited for him. You know, hundred percent natural, very, very healthy. His testosterone levels are naturally amazing. I mean, Mm. dude, just, he turned his situation around completely and he did that, you know, by taking control. And, and that's why I'm really inspired by him and I'm, I'm proud that he's part of our team is, is. You know, I want to encourage other people to take control because when it comes down to it, we're all just a product of our habits and what we do and the way we think, right? So, you know, if you can take control of your environment and apply the process, you know, I I firmly believe anyone can do anything that they really put their mind to. And I know that has become like, you know, just a, a, a real hokey thing to say. Um, but I truly believe that everything is just practice and repetition and dedication. And like you said, it, it's, it enriches your life. So uh, I think, you know, I, I'm very proud of him I and mean, he's such an integral part of our team. You know, he didn't have much experience coming in. He started working out with us at the gym down in a uh, factory gym in Austin. And, um, you know, just a such, such a quick learner and, you you know, I'm in Nashville now, but I talked to my other coach running, you know, the show in Austin and, and Brian's like leading workouts and, and, you know, teaching other people stuff, you know, so he's just, he's really taken off and, and happy to have him on board with us.
0: It's, it's important to have a good uh, gym and good community, you know, and, and part of the challenge here, like I've noticed in Chicago is that when you go to the suburbs, you have a lot of options for body, good bodybuilding gyms where the mm-hmm. equipment is geared towards building muscle. The equipment is maintained, it's clean, it's new. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who go to the gym are encouraging, you know, and, and then in, in the city, in the inner city, it's usually like um, a lot of, um, you know, corporate franchise sure. gyms where half of the equipment is broken, um, <coughs> LA Fitness. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is like, we went to the the Arnold Expo in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. and yeah. ex- export is like the discount v- flavor of LA Fitness and they spent i don't know how much they you know chris bumsa charges to do a photo shoot and a public appearance at your gym mm-hmm. but the irony did not escape me that you know the world's top physique competitor is at a gym posing with leg exercises with leg equipment that is rusted or right. literally has a sign next to it that says <laughs> out of service and they have right. to photoshop the sign out of the ad. (laughs) And I'm just like, man, where are our priorities here? And it's like, it it almost feels like you have to move to rural America. And then there's this weird, like, you know, blue state, red state, uh, inner city, suburban uh, dichotomy, uh, division, right? Between when you have access to the tools that you need to build muscle yeah i don't i don't get that at all and, Can you maybe have some insight to that
2: i I think you know if you want to go to one of those rusty gyms you, <laughs> there's a difference between like being negligent and like you want a hardcore rusty you know dumbbells go up to two hundred pounds cobwebs everywhere kind of experience like <laughs> that's the hardcore gym versus you know the corporate gym that they just you know like you said don't have their priorities right um But, um, I've, I actually competed in Chicago. I didn't realize you guys were in Chicago. I love Chicago, man. And I think there's, I think there's a good bodybuilding scene there because they used to have a national competition there. And I think they moved that one to Chattanooga.
0: It's in the burbs though. I mean, we have quads in the city, but it's like most Mm -hmm. of the, you know, there's a lot of stuff in Wisconsin. And here's an Mm -hmm. example, like the gyms typically in Chicago close at 10 or 11 PM. Mm -hmm. You go up to Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, Iowa, all the gyms close at midnight. And so there's this idea of like, you know, and maybe that's just that people who live in rural communities just have more time or more space. Mark, you have a theory that when you live in a crowded space, your body doesn't grow. It's like a goldfish,
1: you know, you put a goldfish (laughs) in a bowl, it's not going to grow, but you give it a pond it'll get big (laughs) and in the city you're just a little more congested plus also too like the gyms are going to be smaller in the city because the price of Mm -hmm. real estate is going up and just all your costs your costs in the city are, are are bigger more and so it's easier to kind of start a gym like out in the boondocks or in the suburbs
2: yeah and i also wonder you know how much of that is just there's a bunch of you know, corn fed people out in the the, the Midwest that just, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the market there. You know, I know in Texas, I mean, you know, it's such a great bodybuilding state mm-hmm. and it's just, it's a really great place to nurture bodybuilders. And no doubt in my mind, that's why Texas is, is very, very high level when it comes to bodybuilders. So
0: right.
2: I, I really think, just with anything, man, the, the environment kind of feeds the culture and the culture kind of feeds the results, right? So, you know, you have a lot of great bodybuilders there. Um, New York has some amazing bodybuilders, which, um, you know, is the city as well. But that's that's kind of a – that's become like kind of a, a hot spot for bodybuilding. I say becoming. It's, it's like old school. It's been around forever. But it's interesting that the culture is, is just so different. I know here in, in Nashville mm-hmm. – it doesn't seem to be as big, you know, in, in Austin, there's so many coaches and there's a lot of amazing coaches and everyone's just kind of bumping elbows and, mm. you know, clients are kind of, you know, with this coach and that coach. And, you know, I, I love all those guys. I'm supportive of them. But you come to Tennessee and there's like there's like two bodybuilding coaches here that yeah. are successful. And I'm like, Where like, what do people mm-hmm. just not what are they doing here? You know, awesome. And I think, yeah.
1: Austin definitely has that culture though of, 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 bodybuilding and of fitness. I think a lot of it has to do maybe with the university there and the sports sports programs and all the people yeah. associated with that. It just, it kind of it builds that whole thing up.
0: And when you like sit like on a UT Austin bus with somebody from the football team mm-hmm. and that guy is taking up four seats <laughs> <laughs> right. and you're like, is it possible for a human being to be this big? Yeah. (laughs) And those guys make, you know, Chris Bumstead look like a 98 pound weakling. Like it's, yeah, they're so big. It's, they're almost, you know, they don't look human. And
2: There's a a lot of big people in Texas. I I don't, I think we just, we like to eat and we just, I don't know, like, you know, work on ranches. I I don't know what it is, man, but it's, it's, yeah, a lot of big folks. And here in Tennessee, everyone's like, you know, shredded and streamlined and like, you know, it's just a totally different experience. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of learning the bodybuilding culture here. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I think it's growing rapidly and I think it's grown worldwide and nationwide particularly. So it's a really exciting time to be working in it. And I I know for you coming up on your first competition, I mean, that's gotta be exciting because the culture has grown so much. There's you know, more competition, more opportunity for you guys to put your out,
1: your, yourself out there. So. Well, when
0: you're 50, uh, there's not a lot of competition. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <it's> <laughs> really, but there will I'm, be I'm like impressed. in 10 years, you know, it's going to change, yeah. you know.
0: But it is like kind of like a Chicago election. You got to make sure that your opponent doesn't, you know, gets disqualified mm-hmm. or something, you know. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, you know, in, in some degree, it's like part of the reason that I am doing it at the age of 50 is because, you know, I saw other people who were competing and I was like, Oh, this is not so intimidating, you know. Right. And and you know, so, as as more people do bodybuilding, as more people are having influ- uh, Instagram influencer accounts, like somebody said that as a, a to me as an insult. What they <laughs> called you an influencer? They called me an influencer. I was like, <laughs> well, you know, we're all influencing somebody. Sure, sure. Uh, it's you know, more and more people. I think uh, there's one study that over the course of a lifetime, a third of people who go to the gym will be using steroids, performance-enhancing substances, SARMs, peptides, human growth hormone, whatever, you know, to build muscle. And, you know, a lot of people don't tell their doctor because they're worried that the doctor is just going to, like, yell at them. Or <laughs> they don't tell their loved ones. They don't tell anybody. And a lot of them, you know, do a, a lot of harm. Sure. Uh, because they're just, uh, you know, in a space of ignorance. And so when you bring it out into the sun, and this is what I really appreciate about bodybuilding culture today, is that young people who are using steroids are open and talking about it. Sure. And there's all these people that are like going about, you know, there's podcasts and blogs and forums, and they're all sharing all this great information. And I know that you have, um, you work not just with natural bodybuilders, but with people who are, uh, you know, enhanced, And um, I I just kind of wanted to get you on the show to really sort of like look, pull a lot of this information apart and um, and sort of, you know, see like if there's any besides, you know, hiring a coach like you to sort of go in deeper. But uh, like, you know, I guess, you know, is it possible to build muscle at the age of 50 without using steroids in an effective way?
2: Yeah, I I think. And and, and I posted a
0: lot about
2: this <laughs> on there. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. is. But I, but I posted about this uh, not too long ago on my Instagram story. And mm-hmm. What I've seen over the years is, you know, the the people that just respond so well. You you know, we always talk about like, oh man, this person just responds so well. But you know, chances are, if you look back at that person's life, they've probably been active. They probably were you know in sports or military. They they exerted themselves their whole life. Mm-hmm. So. I think so much of what you do when you're younger dictates how well you respond to the stimulus. And as you get older, you you know, you kind of lose some of that. So it is more difficult if you were, you know, not very active as a child and you start working out at 50, but you know, no doubt in my mind, like if you apply the process and and so much of this comes down to effort, you know, and effort is everything. And, you know, working out is one thing, but working out, with intention and high intensity, that's a different ballgame. And I think if people apply those processes, everyone can build muscle. Um, I had a guy I worked with um, for a number of years, and I think he started he started working out at fifty, completely inactive. You know, computer guy, absolute genius. I mean, the guy had like twenty patents for software, like just just an amazing wealth of knowledge. But what I noticed is is he just didn't have much of like a central nervous system to like exert himself. It was it was bizarre. It was like his mechanics were were bad, he didn't learn very quickly. He had a hell of a time building muscle. Um and he didn't build muscle over time, but so much of that was breaking down a lot of the things that he came to believe like you know, carbs were bad. And I'm like, man, look, you gotta eat carbs. You're never going to grow unless you eat carbs. So over time, you know, these people start to drop some of those misconceptions they used to have and they see progress, but there's definitely something to it, man. Like what you're exposed to when you're younger and what you expose yourself to and um, your exertion levels. And that all makes a difference. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if you're an active kid, if you played sports, you know, military guys and girls, respond incredibly well and i think there's also a a mental component to that where people that play sports people that are in the military they know how to exert themselves. they know how to get uncomfortable they know how to push into having painful sets and really pushing their body to failure and i think at the end of the day that's going to be the biggest driver that helps anybody grow muscle you know no matter how old you are
0: I mean, for me, you know, and and I'm very comfortable in talking about this. Is like there's a sexual component, you know. Mm-hmm. The pump makes your muscles look bigger, sure. and if having bigger muscles is sexually arousing to you, mm-hmm. then getting that pump and working out, even if it's a temporary thing, is going to get you moving in that direction. Right. And it's, for it's, some other people, like they're not in touch with their bodies at all in that way, mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's it's like speaking a foreign language. So. And, you know that's why I'm always like sexualize the process because sex <laughs> is a powerful motivator for people. Sure. Yeah. And if if <laughs> you know getting aroused by eating right and going to bed early and you know yeah. lifting weights is then whatever it takes to get you changing and moving in that direction is going to be good. But you know we have a society that is uh, just geared to keeping people sick and scared. Sure. sure. And uh, here's an example, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of like anabolic steroids and why do we have testosterone replacement therapy clinics? Mm -hmm. And it's really tied to the history of HIV and AIDS in this country. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so, you know, in the 1980s, at the height of the AIDS crisis, uh, sorry, late 80s, early 90s, um, you had a lot of bodybuilders with HIV who are not dying. Mm-hmm. And doctors were like, what are you doing that's keeping you alive? And they're sure. like, I'm juicing my head out because I'm going to die. <laughs> and I'm going to leave a beautiful corpse. And they were yeah. like, well, let's give um, Anavar." actually was the first stuff. And then uh-huh. testosterone <laughs> came afterwards uh, to people who were at AIDS and these clinics. Yeah. And they, they were, the patients responded so well that a whole industry started bubbling up. In prescribing what was at one point in time made illegal, sure. um, anabolic steroids to people who are not performance enhancing, but just to live, and sure. then as a consequence of that, trans people, trans men, also turn to hormone replacement therapy to change mm-hmm. their physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Now this week, um, the DEA, uh, the, the the war on drugs is still raging on, yeah. even yeah. though drugs are winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, passing new rules to make it harder to get testosterone for people who live in rural areas. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know, testosterone is a Schedule Three controlled mm-hmm. substance. that's non-addictive, while estrogen is not. <clears throat> and so this sure. rule, this new rule that's being proposed, could have a devastating impact on trans people who take the hormone, and bodybuilders, and people mm-hmm. with uh, immunocompromised or chronic infections like HIV. Sure. And you know. Part of it is like in this country, it's just really, really, really hard to get the health care that you need. And if you live in an area of the country where you don't have access to a doctor that understands what anabolic steroids are and how to Mm -hmm. use them, then you have to rely on telehealth and Mm -hmm. telehealth had a real boon during the COVID pandemic because people couldn't see their doctors at all. Right. And now with the, the Biden administration lifting a lot of those restrictions on COVID, then the DA is swooping in because they they want to put people in prison, or they sure. want to make it harder for people to get the the stuff they need. And as a consequence, uh, the policy may make it more difficult or more expensive for people to just get testosterone in their hands, injecting sure. into their bodies. Right.
2: I think. Um, you know, I kind of look at this both ways. Mm-hmm. And, and when we when we think about the DEA, it, their main job is to control drugs and and you know illicit use of drugs or inappropriate use of drugs. And you know, we've we've mm-hmm. had steroids for so long, and there's amazing application for anabolic steroids and muscle wasting, like you said, in, in HIV and mm-hmm. muscle wasting there, and other you know just increase in vitality, um, burn victims. Um, you know, people that are sick that can't move their body. And, you know, as we lose muscle, you know, vitality goes down. I just think the general strength of your body to fight infection goes down. And I think there's so many clinical applications. And and that's why a lot of this stuff was pioneered. Um, And then also, you know, breast cancer as well. Right. So there's a place for this stuff. And I think the main role for the DEA is just to make sure that it's not being inappropriately used for physique enhancement, which I, I can get behind and I can get behind because I do think, um, I, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of gotten a little out of hand. I mean, I'll give you an example, you know, TikTok. I, I see 17 year olds juicing out of their minds, you know, talking about steroids, have no clue what they're talking about and, and they're, they're posting their pumps and, it's great. I'm really glad that young people are lifting weights. I really support that. But is that an appropriate age? Is that an appropriate application of that? Are they, are they being responsible? You know, these kids have a platform and they're, you know, they're teaching other kids this stuff. And I think that's where it gets a little bit muddy. And I think that there is some room to maybe tighten some of this stuff up And, and TRT clinics have it's kind of the Wild West, man. I mean, I, I know TR&T clinics giving drugs out that, you know, in, in totally irresponsible ways, if you ask me. And, and it's a money, you know, it's a it's a money driver, right? So, I do think on one end, the DEA is acting, you know, for better or worse, for the interest of people to, to more safely use this. On the other end, you have people that, and you guys are probably aware of this, like, hypogonadism is... An epidemic, like people, men and women across the board, are experiencing low testosterone, right? Mm-hmm. And what we have to understand about low testosterone, it, it's it's you know in line with uh, blood pressure. I mean, it's it's a it's a metric for all cause mortality, right? We're you know seeing more cardiac issues related to low testosterone, not to mention decreased vitality. And there's plenty of research to show that <clears throat> these guys and girls that are um, supplementing this, at least to a physiologically normal level, are living longer, happier, better quality of life. And, you know, I have to ask myself, like, is that really, do we really need to go in the, the office to look at blood work and talk about our symptoms to decide if someone needs TRT? I mean, what, what's going to change for, from somebody going to an office versus a telemedicine call?
0: It just, it just, the vibe I get is, you know, instead of giving people access to healthcare so they can work on getting TRT with a doctor and they can transition or they can get vitality or address, Mm -hmm. you know, low testosterone levels. And this is not just for men and not just for trans people not just for seniors and juice heads. This is also for women. Uh, Women uh, get prescribed testosterone uh, when they're, especially when they're postmenopausal. Yep. And they're saying that it's actually
1: like a little mix of estrogen, yeah. uh and testosterone, mm-hmm. and uh, something else like progesterone or something. Right? And
0: and it it for for the women that I've talked to, it transforms their lives because one oh, yeah. they lose interest in sex, and all of a sudden they're like, "Let's fuck," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and and it's like yeah. um, it, it's about a quality of life, and so here sure. we are, sort of going, you know. And this is like the a force in the United States that I'd like to counteract, which is people love to punish people Mm -hmm. love to uh, do things based on fear and they don't like to uh, find solutions and help others. And that's why I think I'm very attracted to bodybuilding and trainers and the mindset is because you're not trying to punish your clients. You're trying to motivate them and help them. Sure. And, and if the government, and if, if we all had the mindset of a coach of a good Mm -hmm. coach, the world would be so much a better place How can we help other people? How can we reduce harm to them? Well,
2: I I think the solution to most modern problems is education. Across the board, um, poverty, um, money management, credit, how to pay your taxes, which nobody even tells us how to do that, right? So there's just such a lack of education. And I think when it comes down to it, if if people want to use these PEDs, they're probably going to find a way. And if they don't have that knowledge to back that them, they're probably going to do it irresponsibly or they're going to do it. You know, they may not mean to do it irresponsibly, but they, they may just not know. And I think it's extremely important for me as a coach to educate people before we even get into that world. Like you may not even need to get into this world. And most of my people don't, but are we experiencing, what are we experiencing? Are you having some hypogonadal symptoms? If so, Here's some options. Maybe we start supplementation. Maybe we go to peptide therapy. Maybe we go straight to TRT. But it's, um, it's a delicate thing as a coach because as a coach, you, don't, you just don't want to push a bunch of drugs on people. At least I don't because mm-hmm. you know there's liability associated and, and I got to sleep at night. right? So in, in the scope of what I do um, and, and having to have integrity in what I do and, and feel good about what I do helping people, my main job is an educator and i need to educate not only my clients but anybody out there that doesn't know because there needs to be more information people need to know what this stuff is and if they decide to use it how to use it safely how to use it under uh, the advice of a physician you know hopefully one that's not you know judging you for for these decisions someone that's actually helpful and trying to you know put you in a position to do things as responsibly as possible so
0: like, if your doctor is judging you, find another doctor. The doctor, yeah. You know, uh-huh. And if your coach is judging you that way, if you feel, find another coach, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think doctors, you know, they, they need to kind of step their game up with educating and yeah. um, you know, we, we can talk for days on how the healthcare's in this country is coming up short. Um, but I think the more information we can get out, the better, because, you know, I used to look at guys putting out information. I'm like, man, that that's just wrong. Like, I know that's not true. Like, so I took it upon myself. If, if there's going to be, you know, 10 guys out there mm-hmm. not putting out good information, it's my responsibility. If I know something through the research that I need to put it out there. So that's kind of been the a big driver of my business. And I've been really fortunate because people have kind of latched onto that. Like I'm uncovering, I think a lot of mystery for a lot of people. And you know, you also got to know what you're talking about, which is that you, you, I think people need to do a little more research before they just start putting stuff out, out there. But
0: well, I love um, talking about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and to me, it's like part of it is there, there is a like a witchcraft aspect to this. Like sure, yeah. you're, you're reading somebody and they're like, I'm taking beetroot powder to lower my <laughs> blood pressure.
2: Right. Right. Um,
0: that's uh, Wesley Vissers is a big proponent of that. Sure. Um, uh, what do you think about beet powder as a way to lower your blood pressure is, is, is there any truth to that because bodybuilders love beets <laughs> they love their beets
2: i cannot that's the one food i cannot stand um
0: <laughs> not even beet juice
2: no no it's it's just it tastes like a, a it tastes like dirt i don't get it it but, does
1: taste like dirt um, <laughs> but they say it's good for endurance too it's just uh, general yeah. body yeah. welfare
2: well, my understanding is is boxers have been using that stuff for a long time, and and I actually have used it for a good good little while, and I, I think the main mechanism here is beets, along with some other red fruits, tend to increase nitric oxide in the blood, and and we know like that is a contributor to a pump, that is a contributor to some uh, ergogenic or like endurance as well. So, you know. If there's a natural way to do that, I think that's great. Um, That's not one I have dove into the research about Mm -hmm. enough to be like, hey, I know research is 100% on this, but I I think it's got a pretty good track record. So, you know, I I mean, there's plenty of things that help out. Um, And and I think supplementation is a good place to start and and TRT and, and getting into the drug realm you know kick that down the road a little while you know to <laughs> let's do what's legal first let's do what's you know probably healthy first um and then you can always look at that stuff later
0: what is, are some uh, recommendations when you see when you have a client who says you know i i like juicing i'm i'm going to juice the, the juice right. is loose <laughs> um <laughs> my blood pressure is high you know yeah. i always tell people hey get get to your doctor, get, if you can get Lassartan or some Sartin. Losartan,
2: yeah, sure. Yeah. Um,
0: but in terms of like, you know, the whole foods route, <laughs> uh, the, the uh, Amazon vitamin shop, uh, what are some uh, uh, things you recommend they look into or try?
2: Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of clients like this, uh-huh. you know, they, they come to me and they're on 750 milligrams of test and 500 milligrams of trend. And I'm like, are you actively competing? Like, what, like, what are you doing? And they're just like blindly taking loads of gear. Um, so I know that as a coach, their risk factor is going to be a lot higher or their risk um, tolerance is going to be higher. Right. So probably the not a great thing would be to take them off of a bunch of drugs and they're not going to trust me. So my goal with a client like that is like, let's get you in with a doc. Let's get your, levels down to trt where can you manage what can we put in that's going to lower your risk factor but also bring similar results and yeah i mean some sometimes natural supplementation will move the needle a little bit um but definitely the the sartan group um for blood pressure and i was born you know congenital heart uh, or congenital um blood pressure issues my dad you know every all the men in my family so for me, I have to be very careful. And that's why, you know, I can't get too big. Uh, I'm afraid of what it's going to do to my heart. So um, telmisartan is, is one I've used for probably about two years. And that's a, that's a huge tool that I use in many, many cases to lower the risk factor for anyone that wants to use this stuff because, you know, there's so much good research, not only about, you know, not only for blood pressure, but, You know, you can use that to decrease blood volume, which is going to be a driver of blood pressure, Um, you know, keep off inflammation, excess water, excrete sodium better. Um, You know, there's also some, um, a general like lean, leaner state. It's, it kind of drives some fat loss too. And, you know, the risk factor for that drug is so low. So that's a tool I often get people to ask their doctor about because uh, I, I truly definitely believe it I'm, I'm glad that you guys are using that and people are people are talking about that one and you know there's a lot of guys that are pushing for um the sartans and uh i took a uh took an arb uh let's see arbs are the sartans yeah. i took um not a beta blocker i can't remember what the other one is but angiostatin yeah,
0: receptor blockers Yes, ARB. <laughs> I have it written down, so that's fine
2: Oh, ACE, ace inhibitors, ACE inhibitors. Yeah, and which ace inhibitors. They, yeah, mm-hmm. they work on similar mechanisms, but um, but I, I'm glad that people are taking this for um, you know precautionary measures or um, you know to keep good health while they're doing things to push their physique. So
0: I always tell people, listen: if you're going to be juicing, get yourself a blood pressure monitor cuff, yep, and yep. It, the minute that number get, starts getting looking scary, you know cut it out, reduce it, talk to your mm-hmm. doctor. Uh, Cause you know, that's a, that's a, that's really like, when we talk about the damage that anabolic steroids do, it's mm-hmm. really blood pressure. And sure. that's a consequence, like anybody that I've ever known personally that's had been hospitalized, it's because they damaged their kidneys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from high blood pressure. And you know, some of these young guys, like the, the TikTok crowd, they're, they're juicing, they look great. And what do they do? They go out, hit the clubs, and drink a, a, a <laughs> yeah. bottle of rum. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I mean, we saw this one guy. He was like always jacked, and he was always drunk at the beach. And yeah. sure enough, like a couple of years later, he he needed to get his kidneys replaced. So the, uh, the blood yeah. pressure is like the and you know avoid alcohol. Like uh, w- sure. whether you're juicing or not, it's like all the bodybuilders are they're like they're like uh, smoke crack over over. <laughs> You know, yeah. drinking uh, best, a best shot pre-workout. of beer.
1: It's a games yeah. killer.
0: It's a games killer. Yeah. <laughs> alcohol is like probably the worst thing you can take. And there's now, um, and you know, the alcohol industry is really fighting this really hard. There's talk about putting warning labels on booze, the way they've done with cigarettes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably the worst, one of the worst things that you can do for your body. And it's, it's such a, a sick irony because, you know, you, you work out so hard to look good and then what are you going to do with your body? You want to go to the beach, you want to go to the club, you want to drink, you want to hang out with, you know, the opposite sex, the same sex, whoever you're interested in. Like, what's, what's the point in looking good if you can't party, right? So, <laughs> there's always <laughs> kind of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just it, it's just not good really for anybody. and. and you know, I, I've spent my years in college, you know, drinking like a fish. And as I've gotten older, it's just, I don't know. I think I used it in the past to kind of escape my reality or distract myself from the reality that I didn't really like. Uh-huh. Um, and, and as I've built a job, I like, you know, wife, I love a, a life that I really like, There's, there's really no reason to escape. Right. So my alcohol consumption is just, it's not as attractive to me. So yeah, definitely. You know, strain the kidneys, strain in the liver, and, and there's already very liver toxic, anabolic steroids out there. You know, um, you know, winstrol is, is one that's just used like like crazy, and and winstrol is is probably one of the more damaging drugs out there. It's just because it raises um, you know, your uh, your
0: cholesterol.
2: Yeah, it, it destroys and the bad cholesterol. Um,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, and it destroys HDL, and and most anabolics do that. It speeds up the the degradation of HDL. Um, So yeah, that's that's definitely something to consider. And when using anabolics, I I would say the the biggest thing that's at risk is the heart. You know, hypertrophy of the heart, um, blood cells thickening of the blood, and that's all going to drive blood pressure. And you know, if if you're walking around 280 pounds, you know, your 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 heart's already working overtime to feed blood to all that muscle. You know, so. It's kind of a perfect storm, you know, being big, being muscular, using these drugs. um, And that's why, unfortunately, you know, we're seeing so many amazing, you know, not only bodybuilders, but people just dropping dead at young ages. And as as bad as that is, (laughs) I think that it is starting to wake a lot of our community up. And I think we're starting to have those conversations and you're starting to have the people in the industry that that are trying to keep people safe and and i was very fortunate um i got to work with john jewett who's really spearheading um safer use and using victor Black's safer use models with drugs And, and and i got to mentor and coach under him or not coach under him but he coached me and i just learned so much man and i learned just healthier ways to do things and i also learned you know It doesn't take a lot of drugs. It doesn't take you know beating your body up. You have to be smart. You have to be healthy, and you really just gotta you gotta work hard. That's really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, Um, polycythemia. This is true for especially for trans people who are long, lifelong testosterone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, Too many red blood cells. Your blood gets thick, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, unfortunately, when you're going to a blood donation clinic, if you are going to donate blood you have to lie <laughs> right? <laughs> to right. basically say, you're like, I'm a Christian white male who doesn't do anything.
1: <laughs> Never had sex in my life.
0: Never had sex with, a, I'm a priest and, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, not Lee priest <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, but a lot of good doctors clinics. And, and this is why, you know, the irony of living in a urban environment where you have less access to bodybuilding gyms, However, Mm -hmm. you have more access to really good doctors, Um, a phlebotomy, which is uh, removing blood, uh, you could do this. Some doctor clinics I, I do it every other month.
1: A, I got a liter taken out one day. One liter. Wow. back when I used to donate blood, you know, they would take a little. They'd take a pint out, right? It wasn't too much. Maybe it was even a little bit more than a pint. I'm not sure, but like two milk uh, cartons. A, a liter. Yeah. It, it was a lot. And it took a good 45 minutes. Yeah. To fill up that bag, I got to tell you though, I didn't. I uh, I lost a little color on my face, but uh, <laughs> and I was a little tired that day. But I feel like it, it was better in the long run.
0: Well, the old days, yeah. the, the, was it a, a barber? Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that the barber stripes uh, is a red pole. They would do uh, bloodletting. They would, because it was healthy, and, and we got well, away from that. Now you just go get your perm and yeah. your haircut it, it, or
1: whatever. It lowers the blood pressure. Yeah. So that's part right. of the reason why they did that. And I think it also can lower body temperature as
0: well. But right. it reduces inflammation okay. mm-hmm.
1: too. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should just bring back, bring back leeches and just <laughs> leech therapy. Everybody. Some know, people are
1: big believers in leeches actually. You know what some people use <laughs> yeah. leeches for? Like there's been people that have like, you know, uh, uh I've seen uh, a couple of news articles about people who've gotten like black eyes, like the week before uh-huh. their wedding or a few days before their wedding or even like the day before. And so they'll go to the bait and tackle shop, get a leech. Stick it on there, and the leech will like um, suck uh, most of the we'll blood s- out. will suck it out, but it also it produces a, a it sticks a chemical in there, so it doesn't the blood doesn't coagulate, and so oh. it also helps like remove that. And so you know you can get a lot of that kind of swelling down from uh, the the leeches sucking the blood out.
2: I'm I'm curious who has black eyes before the like who's
1: Oh, you who's know people. Oh, come on. You know they <laughs> went to the roadhouse. You lived in Texas. You know how these things <laughs> the go the down.
0: Hangover movies. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, one one week before the wedding, just yeah. The Bachelor in, Party and the Bachelorette Party. Oh my god. god. Yeah. Las Vegas <laughs> is an
0: industry. And you know, this is the thing too, is a lot of those uh anti-aging clinics too, they'll give you like a, a pint of uh, saline solution with stuff in it. To basically detox you from time mm-hmm. to time. Well,
1: also yeah. like for hangovers, because you know when you when you drink yeah. too much, your brain basically shrinks a little bit, right? right? Or the back of you, the brain stem gets dehydrated, and so this is a way of getting the 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 hydration back into your system.
0: Uh, one thing that I found out this past year that is, we're actually starting a podcast about this is walking is magical. Mm. It's it's a spiritual sure. oh. practice. It reduces inflammation. It it uh, heals joint issues like
1: lubricates your joints. Yeah, stretches it, your muscles.
0: Uh, Tyler, uh, you're a big proponent on walking as sure. as a practice. Can you talk a lot about that? I, <clears throat> I love hearing people talking about walking.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> and, and I implement this, you know, pretty much in everyone's plan. And yeah. and I think if we really think about it, we're we're meant to walk. That's how we evolve. You know, walking, you know, very very long distances. And you know, it's just not good for the body to sit and like just get stagnant, right? So, you know, with walking, it's it's one of the best cardio ways to get cardio is just getting steps because, you know, it, it doesn't fatigue you. You know, even if you're doing steady state, that's gonna add fatigue. And and sometimes we we need to reduce fatigue if we're gonna, you know, gonna give it all in the gym, right? So that's always kind of first step. Let's get some walking practices in um not to mention you know uh, keeping the fluids moving like lymphatic drainage um you know keeping blood flow good it's fantastic for blood sugar regulating blood sugar especially after meals um yeah i just i think it's such a great natural healer and you know unfortunately we just don't do a lot of it so um definitely a big part of my uh programming and and there's also steady state cardio and in very rare cases maybe some hit but i, I don't use yeah. that one very often but um you, but you yeah. use the and, muscle to hit it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but some no, people hit, like uh, if you jump. search uh, <laughs>
0: like podcast and walking they're like half of them are like getting closer to god through walking and a oh, well. spiritual practice of walking. <laughs> and so there's this whole sect of, uh, you know, Buddhism and Christianity and and new age religions and old age religions that have uh, associated walking with a type of prayer and meditation sure. Sure. Uh, because it, you know, and this is one, you know, harm reduction for anabolic steroids is the, the mental impact. Sure. That the yeah. anabolic steroids do is it, it <clears throat> increases stress hormones in your body. It mm-hmm. turns off your fight or flight response. So you're mm-hmm. more likely to get into a, a argument with somebody that you normally sure. wouldn't argue with. And so walking in terms of harm reduction uh, is, is a really powerful tool just to bring in mental wellness into your life.
2: Yeah, I could see that. I've never thought about <clears throat> the mental implications. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those like rare, it, you know, you don't think about it as cardio, but it's like, because it's not fatiguing, but that's, that's kind of the point. It's, it's almost anti-fatiguing, right? Mm-hmm. So increased activity, anti-fatigue, I mean, that's fantastic for, for bodybuilding. Um, and there's definitely, I could definitely see a, a mental implication and, uh, spiritual, you know, I haven't had a, you know, closer to God moment walking, I don't believe. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I walk fifty miles a day, maybe I would. I don't know.
0: Um, I, I was so listening to Patty Labelle, uh, who's a gospel singer and a pop star, mm-hmm. and she has, she does a podcast with Apple Podcasts <laughs> on walking, and she talked about uh, the day she found out that she had diabetes, mm. and, and she's walking in nature. And you can hear the birds chirping in background, and she says like it was a very spiritual moment for her. Hmm. And, and and as she's talking about this, like, you know, when we really talk about spirituality and faith and religion, all this stuff, we're really mm. talking about, like, what is the purpose of our lives? What sure. is the, how do we make sense of death? What? How mm. do we find connection to each other? And here she's, sure. like, talking about all these things in a really beautiful way as she's actually doing it. Sure, and and I love the idea of you know like going to the like there are some uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the '80s the the powerlifters <laughs> the they were religious Jesus fundamentalist okay. guys who are uh, powerlifting for Jesus. I love that, and so they would get on stage and they're like, "I'm going to lift you know half five hundred pounds, you know God bless, blah blah blah," and they're like, "Ah, lifting all I this stuff." That. And part of it is just like you know action can be a powerful tool to finding connection to finding purpose and that's why like people you know they say that going to the gym is the temple
2: you know the gym gives a lot of people solace and clarity and and again this is something else that sounds you know hokey but the the physical body and the mental body and the spiritual body are all connected and and i think you know when all those things are balanced when they're well balanced you know that's that's a sweet spot that's when you, you know you you have more of a, a spiritual, mental, physical health, and extremely important. And you know, I, I love to push my body. It's just I don't know what it is, man. If I wasn't bodybuilding, you know, I'd be I'd be doing something. I wouldn't be running marathons because I think that's just dumb for me. I never want to do that. <laughs> but like climbing I mountains get why or people what? Do it. yeah, <laughs> yeah, doing doing something adventurous and, and pushing my body because there's just you know there's so much peace in it and there's so much confidence to be built through that um you know and what's a life without challenge and, right. and that's the way I, I look at it like i, I think we're all on this planet to challenge ourselves and push ourselves and, and 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 create a better version of ourselves and i think that can be done you know in the gym it can also be done in the church of your choice or um through meditation and mental practice and i think all that's important and um, you know i'm happy to go you know, bust my legs up for three hours, but you know, it's really challenging for me to sit there and meditate for 10 minutes, but I know the benefits of it. So I, you know, I'll twist my arm long enough to, you know, maybe do five minutes, but anyway, five minutes makes a difference. Um, but well, if meditation
0: yeah. is not your thing, you know, walking can be meditation.
2: Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. I do, I do like walking, but I don't, I don't have a lot of time to walk 30 miles or however long it takes to, To meet God, I'm not really sure what the distance is. But But even a little um, bit
0: helps, you know, like, like, even if like, and this is happening at work, uh, I'm convincing all my people that I work with during their lunch break, you know, you have an hour for lunch, you're not going to spend the whole hour eating, Um, spend 10 minutes of your lunch, just, you know, walking around indoors or outdoors, wherever you feel comfortable and safe. And, and just don't, don't bring your phone. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Disconnect. Yeah. Or, or reconnect, really, is what you're doing. Reconnect yeah. to your surroundings. I know you're competing. If yeah. Have you started prepping? If so, is are you doing a lot of walking? Are you tracking your steps?
0: I, I've always been tracking my steps. Uh, yeah. I had a foot injury because uh, I got new shoes. And uh, so the walking, and I'll tell you what, you know, not being able to walk for two weeks, it yeah. definitely uh, impacted my <laughs> mental and physical health. And, you know, I see. I weigh myself every day, and I see that. The pounds going up, you know? So now that I'm back on track, it's like, it's, you know, walking it's to me, I'm like, almost it's, it's that, that, uh, fifth element, (laughs) you know, the fifth element is love, but it's that fifth element of bodybuilding or, or fitness that we really Mm -hmm. don't consider too often is that it's not even, I don't even describe walking as cardio. It's almost like it's, it's reconnecting.
2: Sure. Yeah. Kind of that mental, Mental unplugging, that mental yeah. refresh. Yeah. And, and I've definitely experienced a lot of that. Um, I used to live on, on 6th Street in Austin and, you know, walking. Party. Party. Yeah, right. right. Well, <laughs> I lived on the hipster side. Um, okay. On which, the east
0: side is, of 6th Street.
2: Yeah, which mm-hmm. has become the the tech bro side now. But anyway, right. um, but yeah, uh, part of my, my whole process was two walks or one walk in the morning, one, one in the evening. And yeah, there's just something about starting your day with a you know one mile walk nothing crazy and, and just kind of you know leave the phone behind connect with your surroundings and and this is the noisy city too so you know i'm sure nature is even more calming but I, man i've never felt better and and i think that's probably why people like running too and and i hate r- the physical activity of running it's it's painful i, I d- despise it but the mental mm-hmm. like the mental things that you get from running is like it's amazing man it's like you, you, you get that runner's high. You just, did you feel good. You feel like you can conquer the world. You have so much confidence. You feel clean. You feel like, you know, it, it's almost like a, a spiritual cleaning as well that I've experienced too. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> running is a lot more fatiguing, especially when you're, you know, a big, big chunk run into the city. So I can't make it that far, but, but, but yeah, like very- people see you
0: walking, you know, 240 pounds walking down on sixth street. It's like, People could be like, "Who is that?" You know?
2: Yeah, yeah, and and I don't even. I'm not like I said. I'm not a huge guy. I can't imagine like, you know, like, like the looks yeah. Jay Cutler gets, like the judgment, like the big guys get. Like they just stand out so much. It's crazy. And I don't. I don't know if I envy it. I, you know, it's like sometimes I want to blend in. <laughs> you know. Oh,
0: I, I know what you're saying. It's like you know. This is the weirdest thing. Is like the more muscle I build, I get i you know, I'm very attuned to attention from men because I'm gay, huh. but it's like I started noticing that women hit on me. And oh, even nice. like bisexual women. And I was just like, I don't even know what the hell is going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like my cat, like a dog looking at the TV set, you know. I'm like, is this people? Like uh <laughs> And, and there's this, uh, this one girl that I see on a, uh, you know, at work and outside and she's always grabbing my biceps and stuff. And I'm like, and then later I found out that she was, she was, uh, mostly into women. Okay. And you know, this is like the the muscle, you know, why people put themselves in danger and harm's way is because they're getting validation about their bodies. And we're such a body negative society and culture that when we can like find things that are going to like validate us as human beings, even if it's completely like the warning sign is saying, don't do this, it's going to harm you (laughs) there. You know, I can understand why the 18 year old is going to be ordering, you know, a little testosterone and DECA and trend. And I mean, to, to me, I'm almost like amazed that somebody who's 18 years old is living with their parents is able to get the stuff and like hide it from them, you know. Yeah.
2: How do they, where do they get the money? I don't like drugs are expensive, man.
0: Well, the parents give them money and you know with Venmo and PayPal and Cash App and all that stuff. It's like, you know, they're pretty resourceful. Young people today are so tech savvy and resourceful. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: It is very amazing. I'm very very impressed with with that generation. And by that generation, I mean, anyone that's remotely younger than me, they're, they're extremely resourceful. Um,
0: and they're so big, so, even the guys who are natty, it's like, I mean, cause I know a lot of the guys at my gym and I'm just like, how is this? Like when I was 18 years old, no one was lifting weights, you know? Dude,
2: it's amazing. <clears throat> and, and I'm really excited. Like. You know, and and I think the younger generation is always going to kind of irk you and like annoy you. And, you know, I, I get a little tired of seeing all the tripods, but at the same time, I'm really happy that so many people are like young people are getting into fitness and also women too. Like, this is something that, you know, weightlifting wasn't a thing, you know, as much when I was growing up and it definitely wasn't a thing for women. And I think, you know, it's maybe because of Instagram, it's becoming like, you know, putting people's face and they're starting to understand it and learn about it. And, and there's no doubt in my mind, like anyone younger than me, that, that generation, Gen Z, whatever you want to call them, like mm-hmm. that is the greatest bodybuilding generation in the making. As we speak, these kids are insane. And I have a couple of them that are like, I've, I've coached a teenager uh, a couple years ago. And, and I mean, this kid was incredible. Um, you know, a lot of my guys are like 20, 21, 22, and they're just freaks, even natural. They're just freaks, man. So it's really exciting to see, you know, younger generations getting on board with this. And, you know, I do think it's a healthy practice uh, for the most part. And uh, I'm excited to see what bodybuilding is going to become. And I think we're, we're much closer to bodybuilding being, you know, on ABC Sports or, or in the Olympics. Like, we're, I think we're getting close to where people are understanding and accepting it. And it's not this freak weird thing. And that's great for coaches for me because job security and I get to continue doing what I love, but it's also, it's good for the industry, but it's also, I think it's good for kids. I think it, you know, it's great for building confidence. It's great for, you know, and and there's negative sides too, but you know, I'm, I'm just really thrilled, um, that it's, it's just more common these days, you know,
0: Is Is it really beautiful to see somebody who's like, you know, posing in, in such a advanced level that it right. almost, in, in, you know, everybody talks about bodybuilding as a sport, but I'm like, it's as much a sport as it is an art form. Sure. And some yeah. of these uh, posers are like amazing dancers. And yeah. I'm, and I'm yeah. just like, you know, uh, my friend Carter Kissick up in Canada, he's mm-hmm. an extraordinary uh, poser. And I'm like, please continue doing these videos. And, you know, thank God that we have, the social media for people to express themselves creatively with their bodies and, and to showcase that and not just be like, this is for sex to get my dick sucked or whatever, but (laughs) you know, it's, it's to really get connected with the universe around us.
2: Yeah. I think it's a, it's a very positive um, mode of Mm self-expression and you know, it's, it's still, it's macho, it's beautiful. It's, you know, and and I, I love the art form of it and i consider it a sport because you know bodybuilding takes practice you know the way that you lift the intention the execution the intensity Mm -hmm. that stuff takes practice it's not just move from point a to point b and and i think it's such a unique sport and you know the good guy the guys that are really good at it like have amazing body awareness like they are like dancers they are like you know high level high level athletes so Um, there's there's a huge athletic component that a lot of people don't realize they just think you know people are just dumb dumb blocks of meat you know but there's there's a lot more depth to it and there's a lot more depth to bodybuilders and i'm glad that i think as as a culture we're starting to open up to it more you know i've had phone calls consultations with with like kids parents and they're like he's starting to bodybuild i'm really excited i want to support him i want to pay for coaching i want you to help him and i'm like this is like, I didn't know this was a thing. Like, you know, even parents are excited to like support their kids doing this stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about the future.
0: And you'd be like, well, if your son comes out as gay, this is how you should.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had nothing to do with that. Okay. He, like, was, he was born that way. <laughs>
0: he's staring at other men's bodies and he's not gay. But yeah. uh, th- this is interesting. like, you know, like I know so many guys who are heterosexual Chasing yeah. girls. And at the same time, they're like, oh, if I only had, you know, uh, Chris Bumstead. But there was a line at, at the Arnold Expo to meet Chris Bumstead that was three hours long. And it oh, was ev- every personal walk of life. And it wasn't cheap. It was like a hundred bucks. Oh, okay. It was crazy. And, you know, when you meet Chris Bumstead, it's like, Thank, thank you very much. Here's the post. Okay, thanks. Good. Have a have a good day. Bye bye. Yeah. Like it's four yeah. seconds. Yeah. And yeah. It, everybody's trying to out angle Chris Bump said, You know.
2: Yeah. Just, just don't, just don't do that.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, it's a tradition.
2: Yeah. If yeah. you meet
0: your heroes and they're bigger than you, you have to out angle them. That's how it works. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the illusion. Yeah.
0: Uh, last and, but not least, Tyler. Uh, hair loss uh, for a lot of guys right. as they get older. You know, or they're juicing, uh, the hair starts to go because the hormones get wackadoodle. Uh-huh. Um, finasteride, niserol, Minoxidil. Uh, Mark uh, turned discovered something about microneedling.
1: People are in microneedling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their scalps now. Like, what, people have been doing their face for a while now. And what that does is it, it kind of, uh, if you use the right kind of serums, you can deliver that serum into your skin. But also, it's yeah. known for building up the collagen levels underneath the level uh, of your skin. And so I think um, uh, they're finding some results with that for hair loss as well. So I think if you have a a good skin foundation, it's going to hold on to the hair that you do have.
2: Yeah. Um, It's definitely something I've I've suffered from some thinning, some crowning. And, you know, look at my brother, you know, never done steroids that, you know, he he doesn't bodybuild. Um, you know, he's suffering, and a lot of my men, the men in my family have suffered. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's kind of, it, it, for me, it's been a little bit difficult to, to deal with. You know, it's, it's like, man, you know, if you really identified with your hair, like, sorry, you know, you got muscles now, but now you're bald. But, mm-hmm. um, I think for me, over, over the, you know, as I started noticing that, I'm just not really attached to it. I don't really care. I mean, number one, I'm married. So, like, You know, number two, my best friend's bald and he's not jacked, and he gets more women than anybody I've ever seen. And I don't understand it. So like, I, I think women are like, love dude, you're ugly. <laughs> yeah, you're so hideous.
0: Why are you getting all this pussy?
2: I, I just, I don't think women care about no, looks think that much. No,
1: they, 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 they you know, Gay guys are more
0: oriented on your appearance than, than but st- but the a, But doing. a hot
1: guy that's bald is still going to be hot. You know what I mean? So yeah, sure. But true. some people, you know, are attractive with hair and then they lose their hair and you're like, oh, they don't look so good. But other yeah. people, it doesn't matter. So yeah, it right. kind of depends on what you, what you have going on there. But you know, some of that it's like we say from these chemicals. But a lot of it is like: Are you eating right? Or do you have the right nutrients? Right, is your right. thyroid in check? You know, especially sure. for a lot of women, they experience hair loss because their thyroid's gotten out of whack.
0: And, and mm-hmm. I've heard that some people like take like kelp as a supplement, uh, okay. and it helps their thyroid be healthier.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Probably it has well, iodine in it. Or iodine, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But it's bioavailable, and then people get stressed out and they lose yeah. their hair. So, you know, it's, it's like multifaceted
0: and that's back to walking, you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's a cure all, mm-hmm. it is um, kind
0: of, you know, and in terms of sexual dysfunction and getting older, um, uh, talk to your doctor and, you know, get looking, see, I feel like with Viagra and Cialis and all that stuff. And, you know, if you're on hormones and you're hornier, mm-hmm. uh, you tend to take more risks cause your fight or flight is turned off. Sure. Sure. And so I, I tell everybody, whether you're gay or straight, Get on PrEP, get on Truvada, because, you know, HIV is no picnic. It's a gains killer. It's a Gaines killer. Yeah. And um, don't, you know, uh, you can prevent HIV and you can prevent, um, you know, a lot of this stuff just by talking to a doctor or having a good doctor.
2: Yeah. And, and I think PrEP's so widely available. Yeah. I, I think it's more you know, continuing to get the word out and, and, you know, HIV, HIV used to be, you know, incredibly devastating and, you know, it still is, but I think there's been a lot of medicine and and practice pioneered to take a lot of the scariness out of it and, and have, you know, number one, we can avoid it. Um, and number two, you know, it's, it's something you acquire and you have, but you, you know, you keep on living and you, you work around it. And, And I have, um, a little bit of experience with, with clients with that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, um, you know, when they find that out, but I, I think we've come so far in being able to control it and live with it. Um, and that's, that's exciting. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm really happy that you know, we're moving the needle on that, and it's it's not a death wish like it used to be.
0: Well, now you can just like birth control, you can get it injected into your body, and it lasts. How long, Mark? I'm it's, not sure. I, I, it's like a month or so, or or, okay. or some period of time. So, because huh. a lot of problems that people forget to take the pills. Right. Right. Just like birth control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, honey, I for, I misplaced the birth control pills. <laughs> And now I'm late on my period. Yeah, and you're like, no.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I forget to take my vitamins and and prescriptions too. So, um, any way to make it easier is is definitely a step in the right direction. So that's.
0: And the last but not least, the golden vitamin, who's a pro hormone, is vitamin D. And I'm not talking about dicks. (laughs) But the sunshine in a pill. Yeah. I mean, so many people benefit just by getting their vitamin D levels measured or mm. a little bit of vitamin D supplementation. Some people are big fans of six thousand IUs a day.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a little high.
0: You know, um, what about you? What do you what are your thoughts on the D the D? <laughs> the, the,
2: the big D. Um so yeah. I mean big vitamin D it's 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 just all of my clients take it. It's 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 a no-brainer. Yeah. It's it's you know, whether you're optimal or not. Let's cover our bases, okay? Um, and that may be two thousand. I use it, maybe as high as five thousand. You know, a lot of times the race will dictate that because we know, you know, darker skin um, tends to not absorb it quite as well. Lighter skin people don't need as much sun, and, and I think just like low testosterone is an epidemic. I mean, low low vitamin D is v- much more common, and I'm seeing that on blood work. You know, we're just not getting outside, man, and, and you know we're we're so removed from our natural environment. And, um, it, it's just an easy thing to just put in, just cover your bases. Hey, multivitamin, vitamin D, D, you know, here's a couple other things. Let's make sure we're, we're of good health. Right. So, mm. um, I, I think it's a no brainer for pretty much anybody. I mean, it, even if you get a lot of sun, you know, why not? It's cheap, you know, it's, it's easy. Why not?
0: I know it's a little intimidating, but take a deep breath and swallow the D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's a it's small say, pill, though, so you'll, you'll yeah. be all think right. <laughs> like about, what, 5,000 uh, IUs. Six IUs, six yeah, 6,000
0: IUs a day. They come in 2,000 IU uh, increments, usually, and, and so mm-hmm. three of those pills. But um, other people think that's too much. Um, some people have the thought about uh, K with D. Sure, sure. Uh, to, the K helps to prevent, I guess, um, buildup of... Mm -hmm. The bad cholesterol in Mm -hmm. your arteries.
1: And if you're eating a lot of uh, green leafy vegetables, you should be getting plenty of K. So if you're eating your broccoli, if you're eating your spinach, you should be all right.
0: I know some people who literally look at vegetables and they're like, never. Never. Yeah, I don't get that. Well, you don't have to look at them for too long (laughs) because
1: they're not, you know, it's hard to survive without eating vegetables.
0: Oh, Tyler, while I have you on the phone, um, so uh, natural bodybuilder Aaron Curtis says that Mm -hmm. not enough people, especially natural bodybuilders, eat enough protein. Sure. And he says uh, some people can, you know, like a 180 pound person can easily do 300, 400 grams of protein a day, more more than double their body weight in pounds into grams. What's your Mm -hmm. thoughts on that?
2: I think this is one of those great examples of the research not lining up with the anecdote because there's just, we're limited on bodybuilding data. Um, and and anyone you talk to is going to say one gram a pound is more than you need. I I generally adhere to that. You know, all of my guys and girls are going to eat one gram per pound. Um, I usually overshoot that maybe 110 to 120%. Um, you know, protein's good for a lot of things, satiety specifically. Um, guys that do, are doing TRT or they decide to take, um, anabolics, um, responsibly, of course. You know, I, I think the protein synthesis rate, you know, that's such a powerful hormonal signal that's going to drive a, a much faster protein synthesis rate. I don't foresee one gram per pound optimizing um, either the, the putting tissue on or keeping tissue on at one gram per pound. So, I, that's a situation I'll usually shoot, you know, sometimes as high as 1.5. As far as two to three times, I don't know. I, I don't, I'd have to look at that research. I know a lot of guys. Um, and the industry swear by it, I could see, you know, I could possibly see a case for it. Um, I do know protein is, it's, you know, such a magic macronutrient, not only for body composition, but for dieting, not only because of satiety, but, you know, it's pretty tough for our body to break down. So, um, you know, every four grams per, every four calories per gram is, you know, 80% of that is just, you know you're going to lose 20% by just your body heating up and processing it and breaking it down. So um, it's just a great way to keep food volume high. And and I think um, I started a prep about five weeks ago and and I think I'm out about 220 pounds and I don't know, about 320 grams of protein, something like that. And, you know, anecdotally, I, I could say I see a really great, great response. You know, of course that's, you know, T or and, and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I just, I feel like the muscle sticks, you know, but that's, that's kind of the, always the debate, you know, what's the research say and, and what, what do people in the bodybuilding realm actually see, you know, well, some bodybuilders
0: are like, fuck science. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But you well, know, like uh, one guy was like uh, on, on YouTube, he was taking poached chicken breasts so the uh-huh. blandest chicken you can make, throwing awesome. it in a blender with pink lemonade, sugar-free <laughs> powder. So like, you know, like country time lemonade, yeah. <laughs> sugar-free, like crystal light stuff and blending that and making a chicken breast, pink lemonade beverage.
2: Yeah, that sounds awesome.
0: And oh, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I, I kind of want to try it on camera just to That's see how nasty just, it is. You just
1: swallow it and just keep on going with your day. Pretend I you I can't do it.
0: <laughs> Cuz you know chicken breast is going to have a lot of protein in it, and I mean I could see the benefit of that but man that's a that's a gag.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I wonder how much of that is like this is like a funny thing for attention to post and how much of that's you know we could easily just do two scoops scoops of protein powder here. I don't I don't know if I see a benefit of of actually using you know, chicken breast over protein powder. But yeah. you know, uh, until the research comes out, I gotta, I guess I gotta stay neutral on it.
0: Well, how much protein is in a, like an eight ounce chicken breast, you know, it's oh, about man. 50 grams of protein. So two scoops is going to be about the same.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably so. And a lot yeah.
0: cheaper to get two scoops of uh, protein <laughs> whey. you know, these days, I mean, gosh, the price of eggs.
1: Yeah, and waste yeah. gotten uh, is more expensive now than it was a few years ago. I
0: know if you ain't got a Costco men- membership, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're feeling, and, you're leaving the and gains on the table.
1: I don't know
2: what happened to creatine. I, I, people say it's a supply thing, but man, I'm going to the you know I'm going to the supplement store and creatine's like fifty dollars for thirty thirty servings. It's like this was like five dollars when I was growing up, and like right. nobody took it mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, it was like a weird. Is like it was a weird thing. Now it's just like I, I blame TikTok, man. Everybody talks about creatine on TikTok, so I think all the kids are buying it and hoarding it.
0: Well, you remember uh, EAS Nutrition, and, and they yeah. were the, one of the first companies to sell uh, creatine, and they were selling it with, um, I, I believe, sugar in it, uh, uh-huh. and because uh, the idea was that by sort of pushing using the body's own insulin to push creatine into the cell. It huh. would uh help you know pump up your muscles more, but I don't know if that was like in in hindsight such a i guess it the studies since them have come out that says uh you know creatine's gonna do its thing whether you preload sure. or not load <laughs> it or put it with food or not with food it's it's not it doesn't work that way you know
2: yeah well well there's definitely something to a simple carb pre or during a workout um as far as creatine delivery mm. man i don't know about that um there is some really good research um on simple sugars and essential amino acids um with with some untrained people and um i, I, I want to say like taking in a simple carb like a juice and then essential amino acids doubled the protein synthesis rate and people just you know inherently gain so much more muscle and I think it's a pretty rock solid study. So you know, I put that in most of my clients' regimens. Like a, um, I like a pomegranate juice with essential amino acid, um, just because pomegranate red juice probably a similar effect to like the beet juice, um, it, and it also gives some pretty gnarly pumps. So
0: I mean, that sounds delicious.
2: It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Um, yeah, the pumps are great. It it you know, if you got a longer workout, that simple sugar really kinda of pushes you through. So yeah, that's that's one I still use in, in off season. It's also a really easy way to get carbs in. So for clients pushing, you know, I got a guy eating sixty, three hundred calories and he's you know, two hundred and thirty pounds, six one, men's physique, like, you know, not yeah. a three hundred pound guy. And um, you know, at some point like you just can't eat. So it, it's easier to you know, drink juice throughout your workout or pre-workout juices. Um, you know, that's always an easy way to just get those carbs up.
0: Well, also I heard uh, cherry juice is also really effective at lowering uh, yeah. your blood pressure too.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah and I, I think that's all similar to beet. Um, you know, increasing the arginine and, and nitrous nitric oxide in the blood. So, yeah.
0: Well, Tyler, um, thank you so much for uh, taking us into your wonderful world of building muscle. Yeah. And uh, now you used to be based out of Austin, Texas, but now you live in Nashville.
2: Yeah. So our company is still based in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. So um, I have another coach, Randall Royal, um, who's a phenomenal coach. He's a former collegiate football player, Mm -hmm. natural bodybuilder, you know, just really encouraging. Awesome. Awesome guy. So he's running the show uh, out in Austin My wife and I moved to Nashville about two months ago. I just saw this as a really great market to start level up here. So I'm starting from the ground up. I'm training in in a gym. The, uh, the guys at quantum were really, uh, gracious to give me a spot there. So I'm kind of, um, taking clients there, getting my name out there and kind of building everything up from scratch here. Well, whatever you do,
0: don't do any drag shows
2: (laughs) (laughs) there. I, I, I just actually saw a drag drag show, uh, bus i guess it was a drag show tour bus um drive by i'm looking out the window right now this is that's like a big culture here so
0: oh that's interesting yeah. so the so the 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 anti-drag laws have curbed anything huh I,
2: I in tennessee maybe in nashville yeah. I, I feel like that they're gonna they're gonna fight tooth and nail i mean it's the bachelorette capital of the world Oh like, god like, oh yeah you know, <laughs> nashville has a
1: huge party scene like because of the music yeah. and everything and leeches you know?
0: <laughs> Leeches, yeah, Leaches for your post bachelorette party needs and long walks, definitely long walks. <laughs> well, good long good walk. luck with all all the stuff, and and uh, big hug to you and your wife, and you know, and to your clients. Uh, good luck with uh, getting a million people's lives transformed. How many have you gotten so far?
2: We're in the thousands, and I think if we want to get to a million, we're going to have to. Um, we're trying to figure that out. We're trying to figure out how to um, market to, you know, the broad public, um, possibly go app base with some of our stuff. And for now, you know, we'll take take a couple hundred a year until we can figure that out. But, All right. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out.
0: Well, I mean, considering so. there's uh, currently 336 million Americans, that's uh, about one in three 300 people will be one of your clients.
2: Yeah. I mean, one in 300, is not, that's not too bad, right? It's pretty. Well, you're
0: like, I'm really busy right now. I'll call you in six years. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I I just want to affect, you know, a million people. Uh, obviously a lot of those are going to be more intimately that work with me directly, but you know, there's so much information that I can put out to a lot of people um, and, and a million people's a lot, but I made this really stupid meme on Instagram and a million people watched it and I was like, I don't think this really qualifies, but like, okay, now a million is making more sense to me. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens.
0: It is very humbling, right? Cause in the old days, pre-internet, you'd be like, wow, if a hundred people came to my drag show or, yeah. or my event or speak, you know, you'd be like, wow, it was sold out, you know, and now yeah. we're talking, you know, uh, 13,000 people are following you on, on Instagram and they follow you because they love you and love the information that you provide for them. And so uh, you know it's it's a very humbling opportunity to really speak to the to the lives of everyday people.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And not a day goes by I'm not I'm not grateful for that. And and I know that you know you guys are doing the same, and you guys um, seem to have a, an audience that loves what y'all are doing and and putting out good information. And you know it's uh it's a group effort. No one person can can you know do this thing, but I think if, if enough of us want to do it, then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll reach the masses. So let's just keep doing.
0: Amen. brother. That's why we call it. Let's grow big together. That's right. Let's grow big.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on, man. This, these are always so much fun and and I'm always so grateful to to tell my story and what I do to, to more people. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, I'm so appreciative of it. Thank you guys so much for of reaching course. out. Thank it's you for coming
1: on the podcast. I so well, appreciate you coming on.
0: Come back
2: yeah, anytime. Sure, and you guys are in Chicago. Both we of you are. guys, right? Yeah,
0: let's let's go. Let's grow big together next time you're in town.
2: Let's go lift. Heck yeah, man! I love Chicago. I will not go in the winter, but one of my <laughs> favorite cities. Yeah.
0: In the summer, it's amazing. That's right. <laughs> but yeah. Winter comes around. May you're like, to
1: November, even December is pretty okay. Yeah. But January, February, Mar- and March is rough because it's just it's cold and just when's it going
0: to get warm? You're like Austin yeah. looks yeah. pretty good right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Austin is it's it's fickle. It it's it's up and down, cold and hot, rainy and not. So it's uh, you got to roll with the punches there in Austin. Nashville's pretty similar too, but it's been beautiful the last two weeks in Nashville. So I think it'll hold.
0: Oh my God! The, yeah, the Woodbury Mountains over there is just stunning. You know, I have a lot of friends that live up there. So you okay. know, I haven't cool. visited them in years, decades, but uh, really amazing communities and great people there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, no. you guys got another friend now, so stop by anytime. Okay.
0: I'm staying here, sleep on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> I have a one bedroom,
2: so you're, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> All right. We can share the bed. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on the show, man.
2: Thank yeah. you, Tyler. Thank you guys. All right, Let's keep in touch. Appreciate it. Okay.
0: Bye. Bye-bye. Tyler fluid lives in Nashville, Tennessee level underscore up underscore physiques. Follow him on Instagram, social media everywhere. Really great uh, posts, And my goodness, you know, the transformation on his clients is one of the most impressive personal trainers that I've ever followed. And who has all this really mm-hmm. great information and just, it, you know, it breaks my heart sometimes whether we talk to so many great coaches mm-hmm. and personal trainers on the show. And it's like. You know, I wish I could work with all of them. You know, yeah.
1: He seems really like uh, kind and genuine, and just so well spoken.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we really just scratch the surface in terms of harm reduction with anabolic steroids. And you know, if that's something that you're uh, doing and you want to talk about it, um, we've collected a lot of great information. A lot of it is anecdotal, and there's some studies behind it. But if you want to talk to me, it's a uh, ninety nine dollars for an hour. We'll go over everything from. You know, your best blood pressure, your check in photos, hormonal imbalance, reduced liver function, your heart tissue, reducing inflammation, thickening of your blood, the mental impacts, the sexual dysfunction, too much sex, too little sex, hair loss, all the things you can do to make your life. And if you are going to be using anabolic steroids, you know, to do it so it has the minimum impact on your body Mm -hmm. and you know, food, exercise and rest and walking is powerful. You know, now I want everybody who's listening to the show to go to Apple podcasts and post a review. Let us know what you thought of that show. If you didn't like it, Mm -hmm. tell us that too. We want to hear from you. You're like, Let's grow big together is witchcraft <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey that's an endorsement
0: that's an endorsement you know or or it's uh really helpful and uh, I've put on ten pounds of muscle you know or a hundred pounds of muscle. Let us know how this show is impacting you, and the way best way to do that is by writing a review and we look at all the reviews on on apple podcasts and and anywhere and if you know message us i'm Fausto Furnos on. On Instagram.
1: I'm Mark Fillion. M-A-R-C-F-E-L-I-O-N.
0: It's the French spelling of Mark. Because you're a, a sophisticated, cultured person. Mm-hmm. With uh, ties to... It, the, the Mar- Your mother gave you the name Mark because she wanted... You to be have ties to your Canadian. So my, my
1: father's, my grandfather's name was Marcellus. Marcellus. So he was Marcellus William, but the, nobody wanted a long ass name like that. Marcellus. Like, so just Mark. Mark. Mark was also like the second most popular name the year I was born.
0: And my mother gave me the name Fausto because she didn't want us to have nicknames. But my father called me Kermit the Frog when I was a kid. Oh. Hello, I am Kerm I'm Fausto Fernos, Daddy.
1: But people sometimes, your brothers called you Faustino. I've heard her call you that.
0: Faustino, uh, which is like the mini, the small version of Fausto. And, uh, of course, Faustina.
1: <laughs> <The> feminine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I make a pretty lady.
1: Uh, to and, some.
0: To some, and so not to others, you know. And, uh, and of course, don't forget to take your D and go out for a walk. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Let's Grow Big Together. Bye-bye.